Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball Live. We're having a great time. It's Friday afternoon. Beating the Lakers feels really good, which allows me to go, uh, you know, kind of sleepwalk through my day. It, it, the Mavericks are uh, right in line for the sixth seed. They need one more victory or another Portland loss to go ahead and take that hold. We're here uh, 12 hours after our last locker room, which, uh, you know, we like to hang out, so that's why we're doing it. So I'm going to start bringing people up on stage. We're going to talk a little hoop. Uh, so invite yourself up if there's something you'd like to talk about, because we could go in a lot of different directions. Coming up first, we have Sam, who uh, you guys obviously have heard a few times. What's happening? What's up, Kirk? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay, kind of slogging through the day. How's the audio now? Oh, your audio is better now. You're fine. I don't... I don't think I know how to use my AirPods. Like I'm three thousand years old. I think sometimes <laughs> I don't. I think I don't have them pushed into my ears enough. Sometimes. No, yeah, and... no, that busy me too. <laughs> oh well. So yeah. So so what do we got today? What do we want to talk about? Well, I got some things to talk about today. Okay, one more thing is this is probably the best Friday I've, I've had during the whole season because you know we beat the Lakers. So and then sleeping sleeping yesterday it was a good feeling. Good. And then also, um, I, I saw that you tweeted earlier, or um, I forgot. I think his name was Isaac. He tweeted that um, Luca, like th- that uh, that one uh, website. Yes, talking yeah, about that. how Luca was the most double team player in the um, NBA, and I was like, I did not expect that. I thought Luca was not that did not double team that much. I so it's I, it's the tracking on how they do this stuff. I've not visited this website yesterday, so it's a new website called NBA Court Optics, and optics is spelled O-P-T-I-X, and if you're looking at the stat that it was Iztok Franco, who is awake over in Slovenia right now, I wonder if he'll join us um, in the locker room here, and it shows the the top guys that are double teamed, and really, so what's been happening for Luca? If you if you really get into the film, he is getting sent doubles late. He's not doubled immediately. He's it's been happening more and more, and it seems to kind of confuse his vision sometimes. Yeah, uh, there was an early turnover against the Lakers last like, night where he, Anthony Davis caught the. Mm-hmm. Uh, the that the that was an that. example of that. I'm pretty sure, and and it's really a pretty wide gap. There's him and Trey are at the top. Then there's Damian Lillard, and then like the the difference between Luca at the top at 27 possessions a game and Chris Paul, who's fifth is five whole possessions. And, and it's really, it's just, it's an interesting thing to look at. And, and Luca's almost double teamed half the time. 54%. Yeah. 54%. It's, it's pretty wild. I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good, that's a good talking point. I'd already forgotten about that. And also, (laughs) yeah. And then also what surprised me too, was that how he he was also the most efficient. And um, even though, he gets double teamed the most, which is also a good thing too. Right. And then um, I forgot something with uh, with Luca. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You, I remember in the beginning of the game that Contavious Caldwell Pope. Yeah. Um, it, it was a double team Luca with Dennis Schroeder because Dennis Schroeder is obviously a mismatch. He's six one. Yeah. So I'm, I noticed it was early, early in the game, and then one time they double teamed Luca when Andre Drummond was guarding him. So I think that the worst matchups, like Luca, if, if a if a big's guarding him, he's gonna cook him off from a three point line. But if he has a, a little body on him, he bodies him. He takes it's, advantage of every matchup he has. I do wish he he'd not shoot so many threes when the big yeah, switches yeah. on to him. It, it's it's just such an easy shot for him. 
and there have been instances where he can't get past people. There was a, it was, it, I can't, maybe it was, it was a Memphis game where he hit some absolute banana, like mid range shot. And that's really where he's, he's added to his bag this year because he's not the, going the by one that gets fast. made away. Like mm-hmm. the yeah. yeah. So. I, I, I love seeing him do that. And also that one time where he, I think it was against the Pelicans earlier in the year. I think it happened again where he did it on, on exactly on the, the Dirk logo in the Mazarina. We're just kind yes. of cool. Oh yeah. Those are always great. Those, those, those make me feel old, but I really enjoy uh, bringing them up. Well, Sam, thanks for coming on up here. I appreciate you getting us started. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, can, I say, can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Yesterday, what, uh, what pissed me off was that <laughs> the freaking the, – you know that one shot that Luca shot, right? I thought it was an N1-3. I, I, I was so mad they didn't call the foul. I don't know what continuation is. Um, yeah, continuation yeah. seems to have been lost to time and is only yeah. rewarded at, 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 at now and now and then occasions. And and it, that shot was just so bananas going right. You're right. It wasn't he, one. He did it against the Clippers out. too. He did it yeah. against the Clippers too, but they didn't call it. I'm getting. Yeah. I, I was like, you got to give him these shots, man. I prefer. I would much rather the ref award Luca that shot than the one where he jumped into Schroeder. Uh, and got yeah. the three points. Like I don't like the jumping into ones, but that's yeah, no, like no, pulling yeah. up, pulling up on like using the screen against the defender in in a, in a really interesting kind of like angles based way. That's it's hard to see that, what happens. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. It is, and I and I get why the ref called it on the floor because you just don't think a guy's going to do that from forty feet away. But that's kind of the Luca conundrum. All right, oh. that's all I have, man. I'll Thanks see for coming up. I appreciate. Please you. talk about KP and. Maybe I think there may be some beef between KP and Luca. Please talk about that. I can't talk about. We're we're we gotta win. We're not talking about unhappy stuff until we're <laughs> we're, gonna, we're we're gonna bring you know we're gonna bring the positive vibes today because they've won two in a row after looking like crap. So, but you know we we can talk about it later. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. See you. All right, coming up next, Christian. What's up, Christian? Hey, what's up, Kirk? How you doing? Uh, you know this is uh, powering me through the day. Yeah, I hear you. That's what definitely woke up with a, you know, smile on my face. Uh, you know, being out in Las Vegas, everyone's kind of Lakers fan. So oh. a lot of my friends are. So it was good, uh, you know, just talking a little smack and up until Saturday because I'm nervous about that, especially if Maxi and KP uh, aren't playing. Um but I think I, I just wanted to briefly address what he mentioned at the end. I mean, I've seen Luca and KP being a lot more interactive with a lot more chemistry lately. And I know it was an issue earlier in the season and, you know, it was obvious. But I feel over the past couple of games, it's been uh, a bit uh, or quite a bit better. So I, I, I agree. I it, it Sam was, you know, wanting to kind of talk about the the things that Q, you know Cuban went on the radio and and Callie Kaplan uh if you go go search her Twitter feed before yesterday's game like Cuban went off and did the thing that I just can't handle where he provides commentary when I we just don't need the room to be filled with Cuban thoughts and it adds needless fire to something that we know is there but I don't really want to talk about it I don't want to talk about KP and Lucas chemistry because you know I'm much more focused on them getting a win tonight or you know last night and and that sort of stuff is is very frustrating to me because i want to talk about the basketball components what are the basketball things we can do to get going and you know as as matt is is noting in the chat kp going at the rim last night was a huge 
component and things going well for the Mavericks. Like KP getting to the line is something that, that I've been getting grief for where people think I'm criticizing him and I am, and I'm being critical, but it's not because I think he can't do it. It's because I think he can. That dunk on AD last night was outstanding. Imagine this with me, people. The right-handed seven-foot-three player pump-faked at the top of the key, took one power dribble, and dunked the ball. Imagine using your skills and your traits uh, to benefit you and scoring. And he just looked so good. I hate it when he stops and pops and wants to pull this Carmelo Anthony, you know, mid-2000s game stuff. He's such a, he's a, we call him the unicorn because of height and because of skill. And he does not use his height as often as I I would like him to. Last night was an example of him really making a statement against a pair, like a good big defensive team. He got some switches. He scored out of the post a couple of times. It was a really complete KP game. Obviously he hurt his ankle. That sort of stuff is going to happen in the course of playing basketball. That was a basketball injury. That was not a rest injury. So, anyways, here we are. But, yeah, what else we got going? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And you, I noticed this one play that stood out to me in particular. I believe it was on that uh, lob from Luca, and he came over cutting from the corner. Um, or, yeah, and uh, he dunked it. And KP, you know, usually he runs back or whatever, but he turns around right where Luca's, you know, right by the basket to purposely, you know, dap up Luca right there. And I think they're, you know, given the effort, because like we've talked about before, like when it comes to the playoffs, the ceiling is dependent on KP and Luca. Mm-hmm. If they're, if it's bubble KP and, you know, Luca being Luca we actually can cause an upset because them together playing at their best, playing with great chemistry, doing the right things with the, you know, when you mix up the pick and rolls with the pick and pop, when you're constantly moving. And that's what I love to see JJ Redick. I mean, that guy, it, I'm sure if I was a defender, I'd just be so frustrated. Like, you know, just, just stop for a second. Like, let right. me catch my breath. It, um, it, I'm watching the play that you talked about the because because Iztok Franco put it up on his timeline and watching Luca because get the guy who really screwed up the play you're you're not going to believe who it was it was Andre Drummond uh, <laughs> screws up the play and then leaves his whole team out to dry when 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 K, or when Luca sees KP flash high because Willie Cauley Stein set the high screen there's just this chasm of space that Anthony Davis is expected to cover Luca reads the whole thing beautifully. And not only did KP dunk, he also landed on two feet. So, ladies and gentlemen, we had the full, full Porzingis experience last night in the best way possible, and I'm just delighted. Yeah, it, it, it was great. And um, but the main reason that I came up was, you know, I'm I'm a little bit nervous about uh, Saturday, uh, just because two things, right? Anthony Davis was poor from shooting, which you know. Uh, Poor shooting last night, but sure. expected knocking that off. But I also think Dwight Powell played some great defense uh, on him. If you look at each of the shots he was taking when Dwight's guarding him, constantly just on him, uh, hand in his face. He did some really great things. But I'm just wondering, what is our lineup 
heading into that game if Maxi and KP is out. Um, and, I mean, just, like, my thoughts on it were maybe Josh Richardson could be a much better defender if he's guarding the bench guys. Sure. Um, maybe he can get into a rhythm with JB and Timmy. Um, and so I would ideally like uh, JJ in that starting lineup. I doubt it happens. But at power forward especially, I don't know if they'll go uh, Pal Willie or they'll go Melly um, and Pal. Well, Melly, Melly's in the phantom zone. I don't think we're going to see Melly again unless it's emergency minutes. But I, I'm not – let me think how to phrase this. I am cautiously optimistic about Saturday in the sense of that the pressure is off. Beating a team in the regular season, the same team two games in a row, is very hard to do, period. Beating a team like Los Angeles, whose scheme relies on beating the crap out of you two times in a row, is going to be very difficult, period. Um, I, I, regardless of, of who is in the lineup for them or for the Mavs. So I, I – the scheme stuff I've not really given enough thought about yet, mainly because I'm just sort of enjoying this one. I do bet that Maxi plays. If you have uh, the only thing I was good at back in the day, I, I was very good at drawing really violent charges, like the one Maxi took where he landed on the small of his back. If that were a playoff game, he would have played. Feel pretty confident about that. They're looking to give him time because his knee, I think, isn't right. There's just a number of things wrong with Maxi because he's 29 years old. His athleticism has waned a little bit. And they've also really ground him, Richardson, and Dorian Finney-Smith into the ground. So they're they're probably looking for a little bit of, of rest to some degree. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I it's going to be a fun game. I'm looking forward to Saturday because if they had lost last night, then there's just this extra layer of pressure to beat, you know, to not lose to the same team twice in a row. As opposed to this, you know, they're they're they got a nice schedule up ahead. I, I the stat about them playing better against teams over five hundred, they do. They play up to competition, so we'll we'll look forward to it. So, well, thanks for hanging out, Christian. Yeah, appreciate it as always, Kirk. Sure thing, buddy. All right, coming up next, going to bring on uh, Tim Yeager. You all know him as House Mavericks on Twitter. Tim, how's it going? What's up, man? Going good. Got a few minutes, so I thought I'd come and hang out. Um don't have a whole lot of thoughts outside of you know what's been already talked about but just thought i'd add some commentary here and there if, if we got some more people that are wanting to speak please do absolutely absolutely out. all right the bummer bummer kp angle ankle um bummer timing i thought it was interesting in the past two games uh bringing pal back <laughs> the change that we probably least expected or least wanted um i kind of like kp at the four um I don't know if that has a direct correlation with him having, I think it was six free throws versus the Pistons and then seven last night um, and just getting to the rim more. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm vibing with it. I'm, I'm ready to see if, if it, I mean, I guess we won't with him out for probably a, a right. little bit, but <laughs> poor timing, right. like I said, but. Um, interested and was last night was fun. So yeah, yeah. Well, hang on, hang on. I I for one think that it's it's the Lakers are just they they're big on purpose. They're big in a league where everybody's small. So watching KP and really you know Willie Cauley Stein who has is playing like he did the, the he he's looked as good as he, he has since the very beginning of the season where he he played uh, Jokic real well during an early Denver win. 
Like it's just the last two games, he's really looked engaged. He's looked like like a player with a purpose. It's been a lot of fun watching him. So we'll we'll see what happens um, with the Dallas Bigs uh, rotation. All right, I'm gonna you hang up a uh, hang out up here. I'm gonna bring on the, another guy. Robbie Park is gonna be joining us. Hey Robbie, how, Robbie, you, doing? how you doing? Hey, thanks guys. Um, so I live here in LA, and I just wanted to let everyone know that I dressed all my three kids up today as they went to school and preschool and Luca jerseys. So. Um, Hopefully, there's something there for all the LA fans to think about. But really, 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 really yes, Robbie. Yes, well really done. Good parenting. So, what else you got for yeah, us? Yeah, I appreciate that. No, just I mean, a lot of things have already been touched on. It's you know, it's the uh, the the KP injury is a little un, you know unfortunate timing for everything because it looks like maybe there's something there at the four that we haven't seen, but um, you know, just kind of grind out this last, I don't know, 15 games or so, see what happens and try not to think about the off season because I know that's where everyone, everyone's mind goes, but maybe just be in the moment and try to enjoy uh, this ride as much as we have, because it, you know, depending on where they land, if the six or the seven, um, it's going to be a, a fun thing to see Luca, maybe kind of turn it on. You could kind of see that last night where it's the TNT game. It's Thursday night. It's the marquee matchup, you know, and uh, he loves those bright lights. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm going to be interested to see how the season closes out. There's a number of national TV games. I do think after kind of listening, it was, it was very, if anybody listened to the podcast proper, where I talked with Harrison Fagan of silver screen roll last night, he and the Lakers are actually pretty concerned about going into the, um, going into the playing tournament. They're actually concerned about this. Whereas me and my, like, I just have this sort of constant, like the lake, like the Lakers ruined aspects of my childhood. I'm always going to be like, oh, of course things are going to go LA's way. Uh, but but looking at their schedule and some of the things that could happen with them, simply because I don't think AD is really a a. I think he's an unbelievable second tier player. I don't think he's you know we he doesn't really lead teams. He doesn't have a track record for it. So until LeBron comes back, I think they're just going to continue to struggle. And there is an opportunity for them to to sort of swing swing down and and, and be in the mud with with those of us that are that are closer to the playing tournament. So I'm, it'll be fun to finish the season. There's a lot of actual basketball that we should be watching. Uh, we talked about this last night, but it's worth talking about again. The the combination of the lottery reform paired with uh, the play-in tournament, all but maybe four teams are interesting right now. The, 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 the thick of the middle of, of the NBA is worth paying attention to. And I know that the there's a lot of people in here that really like talking about the offseason. There's a lot of people in Madison Moneyball that love talking about it too. I'm not creative enough. And so it just is not something that interests me because it it ends up being like wish fulfillment and and I'm not just there in my head. So I'm hundred percent with you about talking about what is happening now. And there's just a lot of, a lot of fun. So I think that's an important insight. Well, you got anything else for us, Robbie? Still on mute. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm no, that's, that's it. Just sort of, like you said, it's, it's, it's interesting to see sort of the meat of the entire NBA just have to push and with lottery reform. And I mean, I don't know. It, I, I think, you know, if the Lakers were to be in the play-in, that would just be incredible. I would love it so much. I don't think it's it's all that possible. I mean, it technically could happen, depending on how things shake out. But that would be just oh, incredible here in L.A. Yeah. to see them have to play, I don't know, Steph. <laughs> I would love it. 
Yeah, I would too. It's it, I'm going to watch regardless of what happens. Uh, whoever's in the playing tournament, I'm just my eyes are going to be on it. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. All right, I'm going to bring on a couple more people. Let's see here. Oh, before I talk about that, I want to uh, Victor Lugo in the chat asks, "What are your thoughts on the Mavs uh, looking like they're running more set plays to get easy buckets for KP and also JJ?" Uh, the JJ Reddick stuff is something I can't help but feel like Carl is wanting to dole out in small increments. He's so, he's been so effective, like outlandishly effective, really. Um, and it's one of those things that I I wonder how much you want to show. Carl likes to play things close to the, to the vest. So that has to be there. The, the KP stuff, he, KP is just rolling to the basket more like that if we were to look at advanced stats, I bet he was cutting and doing things at the rim in a way that were, we haven't seen a ton of this season with regularity. There wasn't as much popping. And he just like, when he's uh, operating at the rim, he's better. He was facing up. He had this one post move where he did that Luca kind of uh, up and under from about 15 feet and got fouled and just, I mean, he threw it off the glass. It was an ugly shot, but he got hammered. And it's like, this is the sort of stuff that we want to, that we, what we want to talk about his, his, you know, uh, Sam's in the in the chat sort of talking about uh, KP's defense and just to kind of pivot off of it. it. And really what Matt Phillips is saying in the chat as well, that like KP, uh, engaged KP is very effective. He's still not as athletic as he thinks he is. He, and I'm not sure if he's ever going to be again. And so he needs to simply, his timing has to be better. He has to be showing earlier on on flashes, on, on defensive help stuff. He can't be block chasing. He's not He's not blocking guys. Like I don't, his block rate is down. It's, it's, that is what it is though. I'm, I'm really, I'm really pleased with him overall. Okay. So coming up next, we got Austin Sims. Hey, Austin. Austin, you there? There he is. Can you, you hear Austin? me? Yep. Hey, good guys. Good. Um, Yeah. I just want to make some comments that you've already touched on, but I would say I just definitely love seeing KP at the four especially with like an energetic center, whether that be, you know, Dwight Powell or Kali Stein. And, you know, just looking ahead as well, you know, if we can make a run for Rashawn Holmes and then add Gary Trent Jr. as well. So not so much a question, just some comments. I thought you guys could add some commentary too. Sure, sure. I mean, Gary Trent Jr., if if the Mavericks could could somehow make a godfather offer for Gary Trent Jr. and for – um. And for be able to play Tim Hardaway Jr. and Gary Trent Jr., I would be like screaming. Uh, it would be the most excited I've been about Mavericks basketball since like the 2003 team. It's probably unlikely because I'm sure that that Miami or no, who reason with Toronto? What's wrong with me? Toronto's going to pay him all the money in the world. Um, but but the, I'm not sure about KP at four. I, I'm just not because the numbers on the offense stuff really where where the offense has lagged this year is because Josh Richardson has been extraordinarily bad um on on the spacing based things where teams aren't even guarding him on the weak side anymore which is why the Mavericks haven't got as many rim attempts so I don't know I mean Holmes is is somebody that I've wanted for a long time just to because I think the Mavericks need to have bigs that can do different things and right now when we've when they've gone through some of these tougher times it's been very obvious that their big man rotation is not quite it's a lot of guys with like duplicative, uh, uh, you know, Powell and Willie Colley Stein kind of do the same things. There's nobody that's really a banger at all on the roster. I mean, I guess you could count Boban, but Boban doesn't for me isn't really isn't really the guy. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's it's going to be fun to see where they think their holes are. 
um, this off season, but right now it's, it's, you know, they're, they're just kind of a, they're a team that's incomplete, but is capable of doing some pretty incredible stuff. All right. Coming up next is uh, Matt Phillips. Matt, we'll see if your internet is working. Hey Matt. It should be. My signal yeah. appears to be good. Um, <laughs> so the deal, like people have brought up the KP at Foy thing. The biggest thing with that is he has to be with a switchable uh, center if he is going to play at the four because you can't have both him and somebody else who is a liability on the perimeter. Right. Um, and if he does get like when he plays the four with a switchable with a switchable center, if they are also a shot blocker, it really helps him because he does know how to leverage his length with another shot blocker behind him. That yeah. is one of that is one of the reasons that Maxi's decline as a rim protector this year has really hurt him is mm-hmm. because like even when they play together, Maxi isn't really a rim protector anymore. Nope. Um, I think some of it's physical. I think some of it's the role that we've had him in, but he, I mean, as we mentioned the other day, he's blocked less shots than Luca this year. Yeah. I mean, Father time comes for us all. And even though he's actually still quite a good team defender, it's the rim, just the rim specifically stuff is where he has, has just fallen off a cliff. I, I still like him. I really like him guarding wings. He might be our best wing defender. Um, he is. Our, he is our best big wing defender. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but one of the things we are a very low, um, we are a low event defensive team. Oh, you as, mean in terms of mean like turnovers, deflections, those sorts of yeah, things, like, like block steals, anything like we we our I think our goal defensively is just to not be terrible. And it's sure. it's one of the things like if you watch Dorian and if you watch Maxi, uh, one of the guys on Mad's Moneyball brought it up in one of the other posts. Uh, they're they do a good job of sometimes in Dorian's case. Uh, they do a their clear attempt is just to stay between their man and the rim, which is obviously a a good thing on defense. But they don't we don't make plays like our highest block and steal player is Luca, which is strange. Um. But we have that, and then the one other deal I have with that, other than with KP needing to play with a switchable center that can also block shots, is that the Luca mid-range stuff that you touched on earlier is mm-hmm. the most important development possible for his for our clutch offense in general, and especially for him. If you think of all of the guys that we think of as like clutch players, they're pretty much all mid-range players, and the sure. reason. And I mean, the reason for that is because that is the shot that you can get. Generally speaking, you don't get layups in the in the crunch time. Like you just teams are at least good enough defensively that in clutch offense situations, you're not going to get layups or dunks. And so, because of that, even though it's a more valued shot analytically to shoot a lower percentage from three because of the extra point in you know one or two possession situations, shooting a forty five percent mid ranger is more is better than a thirty eight percent three where it's not over the long run. And so for us, like if you need a bucket, it really does help that Luca is developing that mid range game. Absolutely. It's why, it's why there's a thirst for DeMar DeRozan because DeMar DeRozan is just excellent. And then the percentages don't matter when there are two, two possessions on the line, who can get and make the shot. And you you have your Kawhi Leonard's of the world. Uh, This is where, you know, for us super old people, this is where Michael Jordan just destroyed teams. And it, it still matters. Dirk was Dirk was an all timer in this area. It, it, it's the shot that ends up being available. And Luca, because he's not looking as quick on his feet as he is last season, 
the ability for him to to hit these mid-range shots. I'm just like my confidence level in his mid-range right now is as high as I could have possibly imagined it being for his career. I mean, he just looks outstanding. It's why his numbers are still where they are because he's just not getting to the rim. Oh, absolutely. It's I mean, his and part of what it is, it, it, his touch is really good. Like his feel, mm-hmm. which goes into his passing and everything too, but his feel is so good. And that's one of the things like his floaters and his little mini dirt jumpers and which he's at like six or seven now from on the Dirk logo, um, which just looks really awesome when he does it. Um, yep. But it just, that helps us so much. And with Richardson, I really think he might be one of the most negative floor spacers in the league. Um, I, I, miss, I, I know it comes off as weird, but go back and look. And, and it's obviously not just him last year. But if you look at the Sixers, in 2019, their floor spacing was fine. Obviously, with Simmons, they're always going to have some issues. But if you look, in 2019, their floor spacing was fine. They get Richardson. Last year, had the absolute flat-out worst floor spacing in the league. Yeah. We were the best floor spacing team in the league. We get Richardson, and now we have concerns about floor spacing. It's when a guard is just not a really a threat to shoot, it causes problems. Like it's, I don't want to compare them because, but it reminds me a little bit of when Golden State played Memphis a long time ago in the playoffs and they put Andrew Bogut on Tony Allen yep. and just literally didn't guard him. Like he is nominally on Tony Allen, but he was actually just playing a one man zone. Yep. And that's kind of what people do with Richardson. Like people just don't, like no team at all is ever like, Oh, we got to make sure we get out to this Josh Richardson three. We can't leave him open. And so that's really all I got. I'll kind of let some other people talk, but I appreciate you coming up. All right. Well, yeah. Have a good day. All right. Um, I, I did at least want to note because like Richardson is shooting a career high from two, which is just a riot compared to how we, including me, talk about him. Um, coming up next, he's been waiting a while. I shouldn't have made him wait this long, but. Uh... Uh, you know, you guys have been in this me with me doing this. I tend to go in order of, of ask, but Kevin Gray, who is a radio host on 105.3 The Fan and has his own YouTube page and KevinGraySports.com. Kevin, how are you, man? Hey, I'm well, Kirk. How are you, man? Just, uh, you know, I should be working, but I'm not. And I'm talking <laughs> basketball. This is a story of our lives, right? Um, I just wanted to give you an, an appreciation and shout out for the uh, the therapy groups that you do after every single one of these games. I know how mentally taxing it is to cover this team as it is already, but to offer therapy through each of these games is <laughs> sincerely appreciated um, because at times it's uh, it's it's needed, especially for those of us like yourself and others in this room who cover this team uh, on a daily basis. Therapy is needed uh, almost daily, so uh, well, it's much more was- productive than reading. Like like something. About- about like being on social media and if you go read comments on posts or on Twitter or whatnot, like there's something about that that just ends up being a, a, a negative return at a certain point. But like talking about this game and the ability to like, and I do this cause I'm kind of a grump on Twitter. It's like my, my just, just like my bit, but I'm really not that grumpy of a person. And like being able to talk about this, like when I say these things out loud, I'm like, okay, this is not as bad as it feels like. There's only a few times when it really has been, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not the world when they lose a game. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I, I think of specific examples like the Houston Rockets game. I was like, yep, I probably need some therapy after that one because the way that this team at times plays down the competition and then when you try to 
you know, ask some of them questions about some of the things from a mindset standpoint or what things are going on on a daily basis since we don't have that kind of access to them, you know, you know, in the locker room or after practice and those kinds of things. It's been a little more difficult to kind of ascertain some of those things given how this team has played at times. So, you know, but seeing the way that the season has gone up and down, you know, six game losing streaks, you know, going 19 and seven at one point in the 26 game stretch for them to be where they are now virtually tied with the Portland Blazers, is a testament to some of the resiliency on this team, but also some of the up and down nature of what the season has been. And yet still, they're kind of where they at least want to be, at least from a standing standpoint, no matter how they got there from this long winding road. So there's, there's some positivity to that. It's, it's a long winding road of a season, but at the same time to see where they are now, it's, um, it's kind of ironic and, and amazing, honestly. I, 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 it's in, there's still so much more to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what the exactly. Point was. I made an, I made a stupid statement during the, like the 1am one of these that I hosted last night. I was like, well, there can't be that many back to back left. And then I looked as, as I was saying it and there's four back to backs. Exactly. In the 15 That's games. Right. And it's like, it's just an onslaught and, and, and there's really nothing else to be done about it. Yeah. It's, but, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Well, you know, the, so, the, yeah. I'm, I'm, trying to get through this without, or, you know, get through the season without, you know, being too ground down just even as a fan, because it's like the basketball, it's like we were talking about earlier in the show, the overall basketball is a lot more fun than I was expecting because there's Mm -hmm. always this doom and gloom when there's repeated games, but not just the Mavericks, but the bat, like there's something to watch every night. And that, that should be the point. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you can criticize the NBA for how, they went about getting this season restart, you know, this season started and the compressed nature of the schedule, but what they have delivered on, at least for the most part, you know, is an exciting season that's been full of intrigue. And you can say that with, you know, obviously some of the injuries that teams have been going through, especially here recently with, you know, with Mitchell and LeBron James, Jamal Murray and those kinds of things, but they've created the kind of incitement and injury that they wanted you know, for this season. So whether you're in a position where you're a seven through 10 or you're locked into one of those first six spots in the East or the West, it's going to be an exciting end, you know, to the season. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens obviously with the Mavericks, given what they've been through this year, but the NBA is, is, is been pretty, been pretty exciting to say, to say the least. So, you know, there's some solace to take in that given, how this game has gone, you know, how the season has gone as far as the NBA is concerned. So, yep, yep. I've really, I've, I've really enjoyed it. And I've really enjoyed more of the Mavs games than I act like. It, it, <laughs> my, my only main beef with the Mavericks is, is when we're talking about a win like last night, where you see the pieces come together and fit really well. The construction of the team is frustrated in that they just need the right circumstances for that to happen. And they're yeah. not near resilient enough. And Mark Cuban sort of addressed that yesterday when he went on. Was it was it y'all station or was it, yeah. I don't remember? It was no, exactly. He, he, that was our station. Yeah, it was y'all station where he he's, he he alluded to a couple of things. And the wonderful part about Cuban is that because he's such a quote machine, you can read into things however you want to. And I read when he said something along the lines of, you know, in years past we've either had the right team and the wrong pieces around the team, which I read to mean like Avery Johnson in 2006, mm-hmm. or the rut, like the wrong team, meaning the players, 
and the right pieces around the team, which I, I sort of, that's what I sort of read this team, like his, his, he was implying that this team, though they built it a certain way and they're obviously hyper-confident in everything they do, which drives me crazy, but (laughs) they, and what, I mean, what are they supposed to do? It's their jobs. Yeah. Um, But I I still, still drives me nuts because I would just love to see some, Hey, we made a mistake. But that I, I read that was the first time I've heard Cuban in a while say something along the lines that can be interpreted as we need to do a better job. And I found that very interesting. What did you think about that? I mean, and you you know how Cuban is. You know, he's not afraid to say what he believes is on his mind and to let folks know how he feels. I think there's some inventory to be taken from his comments, specifically, you know, the idea that this is still a young team and this is, you know, kind of Lucas still really in his quote unquote third season and what this team has looked like from a roster construction standpoint. But at the same time, it's a lot like how Jerry Jones is. He's not going to fire himself. So at some point the blame is going to have to be placed on him about how this team has been built over the last several years, because you have, I think you have the right kinds of players playing in roles that they don't necessarily need to be playing. in. I think he alluded to some of that with, you know, you think about guys like Dorian Finney Smith and Maxi Kleber and others on this team really solid role pieces who are asked to do much more than what they are supposed to do, given the star that they have in Luka Doncic. So it's incumbent upon Cuban and Nelson to really put this roster together in a way that allows the role players to play the actual roles that they were meant to play versus playing above the roles that they are playing right now, if that makes sense. So that's what I want to see from Cuban going forward. Is he going to make the kind of move to get the, second star quote unquote if you will to allow this team to move into the actual roles that they need to play going forward so they can be the kind of championship team that they aspire to be because i think mm-hmm. dorian Finney, you know dorian finney smith brunson those guys are good glue guys for a championship team going forward but not in the roles that they you know have to play night in and night out when it, and it's it's very he cuban in specific because he makes himself so available, he does a really good job of, of controlling the narrative. And I've, I, I have to split the difference between being an asshole about these, this, these things and just, you know, trying to, to at least, you know, be devil's advocate for what I believe the Mavericks want to do. But they've sold this notion that the Mavericks are this, this high-spending, freewheeling, up-for-anything team. And that just simply hasn't been the case for, the, for a decade. And now is really the time that they have to figure this out. And and I think they will, or at least I think they'll give it a real, like this offseason is going to be very, this is where Donnie Nelson's going to make his, make his mark. Because if he doesn't yeah. this year, the fan, like it's, it's something's got to change because as, and, and I, again, I think this was on, on a fan, uh, 105.3. Uh, it was like a, some YouTube thing I saw, I think where it was one of the hosts said, you know, you can't have, a, a top three owner, a top three GM and a top three coach and not win a playoff series for a decade. And I guess just that there's, there's something with, with, with the star like Luca, the time, the time is now. No, I, I agree. And hopefully we'll see what happens this off season. Hopefully they don't have to, you know, feel like they need to overpay because you'll have a lot of restricted free agents, you know, like the John Collins of the world, the Lonzo balls of the world, where you may have to spend a little more to get a guy away from his current team. So, We'll see with uh, what what they do, especially with Luca being able to be eligible for his, you know, max at the the end of this year because he'll make one of the All NBA teams, so he's going to be yep. eligible for his max. So we'll see what uh, Cuban and Nelson uh, and this executive brass do. So 
Hey, I just wanted to say hello. Appreciate the therapy groups that you do night in and night out. You guys do a terrific job over there at uh, SB Nation and Mavs Moneyball, man. And uh, it was a joy having you on the podcast when I did. And uh, definitely want to do that again with you at some point. But, uh, yeah, just wanted to say hello and give uh, some other folks an opportunity to come up. But uh, appreciate the time, man. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. And uh, we'll definitely have to podcast again. You have a good day, Kevin. Hey, you too, man. All right, coming up next, our conscience. Jason, how you doing, Jason? I must be the only one here still on J. Rich Island. I mean, the, the property's I looks, cheap. I know it's ugly. I know it's it's horrifying. He He's this herky-jerky, awkward-type player. But, I mean, at this point, he's probably not going to get it done this season. I'm, I kind of accepted that. But I'm going to repeat again and again, while I'm on this podcast, this team got fucked by COVID. And you you look at it with Maxi. He's looked super slow all season. Dorian, I mean, I don't think his defense has been great either this season. And you look at Jay Rich, I mean, yeah. I think like the, the first five games, it was amazing if you can remember the first five games. He was his hands so were so steals. active. It was amazing. Yeah. Like, you remember those first five games, the math were horrible on offense, and somehow we're still crowding out games because of defense. And I just look back to this, I'm just like, defense is effort, and effort, effort is exerted, and that effort is really hard to exert when you're just you can't run up the floor when your lungs are just tired. Everything feels yeah. tired. It's like it's just harder to play good defense. And I do feel like we really haven't talked about that enough. And at this point, it's not going to get better. I understand that, but if he's I just don't like year, their scheme, though. Their scheme is 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 you know Matt talked about this earlier, where they're not getting deflection steals and whatnot. They're a very low turnover team in terms of causing turnovers, and I thought sort of the point of the lineup that they built was to be more switchable and. KP's getting rocked on on all sorts of shots nowadays. Like he, teams do not care that he's at the rim. I had a guy send me a DM about two weeks ago. He's like, "Oh, KP's been fine at the rim. Look at this. The Mavericks are a bottom, you know, top ten, you know, in terms of guarding in the paint. The rim percent. I don't know. And and those numbers can kind of be needed. the Mavericks are getting beat. They they went through like a six game stretch where they're getting destroyed from three, which means they're also probably getting destroyed from the rim. And it's I just don't know how to judge the Maverick defense overall because the number swings are just so wild. I will say though that I don't like the scheme because I don't think it's taking advantage of the the, the roster that they built. Luca is an active off ball defender. He's an interesting on ball defender when he cares. Uh, Richardson is a is is he's handsy. He does some stuff, and I maybe he's just not getting the freedom to do it. I don't know. Dorian, you guys know my position on Dorian. He, he's he's the the greatest lie the Mavericks have ever told is that he's a stopper. But right now, who cares? Because he's shooting 46% from three from the month of April. <laughs> like, the man is somehow the only reliable shooter that we have. So, I don't know. I'm having a great time, though, with this stuff. Because it's just like, every game, there's nothing. I can't figure out what they're doing. because every It's hilarious. And I think, I mean, one thing about these swings, as we've talked about, is veteranness and, you know, JJ Reddick is kind of helping with that, but we had Brea. We didn't bring him back for Wes Abundu. It was horrifying. Another, I mean, to be fair, I was all in on Wes Abundu instead of Brea, and I was totally wrong. And I have to, me too. I have to, I have to, I have to eat my words there. So, veteran leadership does matter, apparently, after all. But regarding the whole, this team looks so different day to day, game to game. I think a lot of this, honestly, is just Luca because Luca is the team's leader, and you can tell. Luca gets up for the TV games. That's why on national TV, on these teams above 500, where 
21 and 14 or something. And against teams below 500, we're 11 and 12. We're below 500 against teams that are below 500. That is horrifying. It's wild. It it's makes wild. no sense. Well, you, you want to hear I mean, my kind of... It's, it's Luca. He's just He just doesn't care about these games. Like, do you want, do you want to hear my like super Orlando, secret take? Absolute bullshit. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. This, this is my super my, my take that I've not written about. I think I probably tweeted about it. If KP's going to miss a couple of games, I'm going to be interested to see how the Mavericks start. Because I think after he complained following the Rockets game, the Mavericks made a concerted effort to get him involved. And if he was hitting, they did okay. And if he wasn't hitting, the offense sort of ground to a halt because Luka was trying to distribute. Now, Luka, I, I will argue with people till they're blue in the face that what Luka wants to do is probably make the best basketball play, whether that's scoring or whether that's shooting. There's a lot of people who really think he's the second coming of James Harden, who uh, rockets James Harden, who wants to score all the time, and I'm just not sure of that. What I do know is that when he gets his teammates involved and they're hitting, the offense looks unreal. But these guys, they just go through these starts of these games where he's passing to Richardson and KP, and if KP's taking jumpers instead of going at the rim and they don't go down, you have six possessions in a row where the Mavericks don't do anything. And if Luka's not shooting, he seems to be the only one who gets in the rim. So my, my theory is that it, these next several games – I think the Mavericks get off to much better starts because we're not catering to getting people feeling good. It's it's the right basketball play only. Now, that's obviously me being a bit of a conspiracy theorist and us talking for an hour now so I can say things where people aren't going to yell at me because only the hardcore among the Mavs fans will listen this long. I mean, you're just correct, though. Like, I mean, look at our record when we lead the first quarter. It's 20-0, and 0, and a lot of that's because – Luca only plays half the first quarter now because KP mm-hmm. has to go the whole first quarter. So we get off the bad starts and Luca has to claws back up to halftime. Then we have a third quarter meltdown and we're behind in the fourth quarter and you have to get it back up. And Luca has Luca sure. has to deliver it in the clutch now. So it's like, it's just how these games go. Like, we're always going to be down in the first quarter. I've just accepted that. And it's like, I mean, a lot of that is, and some of this is because of Luca trying to make the right play, I think. He is a little unselfish in the first quarter. He literally didn't score in the first quarter last night. And, like, he's just trying to get his teammates involved. He makes amazing passes, and he just clunk, clunk, clunk. And Jay Rich, oh, my God, please. Just please have a good game, Jay Rich. That's all I'm saying. I mean, him and Hardaway have to swing back around at some point. Like, the, 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 the less talked about, because it's just some of these guys are so cold right now, Richardson was uh, uh, Richardson is kind of covering for how bad Tim's been, <laughs> and, and like what happens if all these guys hit on the same night? Do the Mavericks just win by like you know like they beat the Clippers? I mean, it's just they won it's by just a, a Utah points? game. It's just a yeah. Utah game. That's just what happens. And like, yeah, I don't know. It'd be amazing. And one last thing, actually, I sure. totally forgot what I was just going to say. Oh yeah, what CJ was saying in the chat. I want Luca to score fifty. Like, I do think Luca actually isn't that comfortable being a guy that scores 40, 50 points. I don't he think he is either. He wants to hover around that 30, 35-point mm-hmm. mark. I mean, I think, like, last night on the broadcast, I saw something like, Luca has, like, 41 games with 25-plus points that leads the league. But he's not, like, the league leader in points per game. That's because he likes having that get 25, get a 30, get a 35, and then start doing this, this, and whatnot. And, like, he is comfortable doing the right basketball play, even if he has the ball in his hands a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting conundrum because it's just, you know, we, we love comparisons as NBA fans. And at a certain point, dudes are just not like one another. Like, they're one of one. And Luca is kind of in that realm for me. So, well, all right. Thanks for hanging out, Jason. You got anything else? I'm good. Thanks for doing this, Kirk. Have a good course, day. Buddy. You too. All right, coming up next, we have Max. Hey, Max, what's going on? Hey, can you hear me okay? 
Uh, I just had a question. You and Josh kind of talked about on one of your podcasts when they plugged in Dwight, Dwight Powell in the starting lineup. Could you ever see – or who do you think would be the next guy to be plugged in, assuming we go, like, down 2-0 or 2-1 in the playoffs? Like, I was kind of thinking J.J. Redick might get plugged in as kind of a spark or maybe Brunson. Just want to know your thoughts. I, I think that's something that they have to go to before that. I, it's a very good question. It's kind of playing off what we were talking about with Richardson, where I don't know how long they can continue this thing of of having Richardson in the starting lineup. And Richardson, probably more than KP, is is really part of their negative starts um, and because he can't shoot. And I would love to see Redick do some of the things he's been doing starting the game because the man just plays so hard. I don't he's, know. If, he's so smart on defense too. Even though he's like he moves like he's fifty, he he'll get beat, but he he understands switching and taking on the next guy. It's 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 just valuable to have that kind of veteran on the. Court I love them, you know? his off ball movement in in some of the plays yeah. that they've run, where he's like coming off of down screens and flashing to the top. No one on the Mavericks runs hard like that. And, now, that's, and that's, then he dumps it off. He dumps it off when they're when they all go over the screen, right? To Dwight yeah, Powell that, or whatever. The play where Willie College Stein just dunked the bejesus out of it off of a like no look pass from Reddick, like that was incredible. And and yeah. I energy is an infectious thing. Like Christian, who may not still be here, is, is uh, often comes up on stage and talks about how the Mavericks just don't play with enough energy, and they have to find someone else because they don't play with pace, and that's Lucas' choice, but. One of the things that comes with pace is at least running hard, and they need another guy out there who's going to run hard a lot. And so I do think that if things get weird, we might see something like that. I would like to see it earlier rather than later, but it, it, I just don't know if the Mavericks are ever going to be like – this is just not the season where they they switch up the lineup every two games, which is something that they did last year. It's, it's very odd. Yeah. Cool. All right, that's all I had. You the man, Kirk. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out. Appreciate it. That's a good question. All right, guys. Uh, this has been fun. Um, we're kind of right at about 50 minutes. I should go back to work. You guys should go back to work, or maybe you shouldn't. It's a nice Friday. We should all talk trash to all of our Lakers fans' friends. Um, if there's anything else, I'm trying to think. So tomorrow up on as up on Mavs Moneyball, there's going to be a, a post called the – it's a Reacts post. And it's basically a, a post that's going to be – done off of of extensive polling of nba fans there's there's kind of a theory of of people you get enough people to ask questions you start to get a very good vibe of of what's going on it's like like the the strength in numbers kind of like that sort of idea of what's actually fan bases are thinking well i know for a fact not enough mavs fans have signed up for this um i've i've tweeted about it a few times i might tweet about it now but if you go to the sb nation reacts post on mavsmoneyball.com on saturday and sign up for this. It would really be of help for me. And I also think you guys might find it interesting. Anybody that, that, that likes hanging out in here for an hour is going to want to answer kind of some of these NBA questions because you're thinking about this stuff, whether you realize it or not. Um, other than that, we'll be back uh, tomorrow night, Saturday night after the game. Thank goodness the game is an hour earlier. It's on ABC. Everybody will get to see it. We'll get national uh, national audience. Um Sam just asked me where is the link. I will tweet the link out to the to the the Reacts sign up uh, right after this. You can go look for it on my Twitter feed. Um, but yeah, guys, this has been fun. Appreciate you hanging out with me on a Friday afternoon, and we will talk to you guys soon. Have a good day.